What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of We Talk, You Listen. This is your host, Wendell Fleming, coming to you through the via, well, via the podcast anchor platform. You can also find us on Spotify at uh, We Talk, You Listen. If you type that in through the podcast search, also on iTunes uh, through their podcast search, same name, We Talk, You Listen. You can also reach me at Dell's Kitchen, D-E-L-L-S, double underscore, and Kitchen, and that's going to be through the Instagram platform or All Eyes on Me, 228, and that's going to be my Twitter handle. want to thank everyone for joining us. Tonight is December 31st, 2019. Coming to you at 11, 11.35. So we are counting down. We only have roughly 25 minutes left in this decade of 2019. In 25 minutes, it will definitely be 2020. I can remember movies. Even like, I forget what year the Terminator was supposed to be set in. But it's definitely in a time where uh, you you wouldn't think we kind of ever would see it back then. Because I think Terminator came out in like 83, something like that. The first one probably was a little bit later. But actually, you know what? I can check that. We live in the age where anything you're curious about, you can definitely check. There's no need to ever guess. When I watch people uh, argue about things. I constantly am curious why they just don't look it up. 1984, so I was I was very close. 1984, so I was in the ballpark. I'm going to give myself a uh, correct answer on that one because, yeah, I was close. You know, should have said 84, but yeah, about 83. But anyway, first Terminator event, and it was, I cannot remember what year the T-1000 traveled from oh let's try to find that because that is actually interesting because that kind of lets you know the thinking oh 2029 right so we're looking just nine years from now where it's was fantasized that robots would take over the earth um and we would actually be falling short to the dependence that we have on technology, not falling short, but we would actually become crippled by the abundance of technology and the amount that we depended on it and technologies receiving the brain and uh, yada, yada, yada. I won't sit here and bore you with the Terminator plot. So I say that to say new decade is kicking in and we are in, like we're in the future. I remember my past and just <laughs> theoretically, I couldn't have done the math as a kid. Or, or didn't think, like, the math sounded outrageous. If someone's like, hey, Wendell, what are you going to be doing in the year 2020? I felt like that was two lifetimes away. I don't know, it's just that kind of, the format of the uh, way that year structured. It's just not something you feel like is necessarily feasible, if that makes sense. Um, it always just felt like such far away. It always just felt like, Oh, we'll be like the Jetsons, you know? Like, we'll be pushing buttons and food will be popping out. To a certain extent, like, these things are a lot possible. Like, 
Watching the Jetsons, I vividly remember him and his boss communicating heavily through video chat and then him and his other uh, family members commuting just through video chat. And literally, FaceTime is taking the world by storm. And video chatting is something that's very common now. It's only going to get more common and it's only going to get better. So like in a lot of ways, we are in the future. I see a lot of these videos on platforms of robots becoming increasingly um, just better, just overall more efficient and just overall better machines. So I don't wish that on us, that in nine years we have a machine uprising that realizes humans are their own worst threat and tries to annihilate us. But at the same time, in nine years, there might be T-1000s walking around. I don't know if they'll be military grade or ready to harm and kill people, but there will be T-1000s walking around. That's for sure. And we will definitely have a dependency on robots, I think, by then, especially in nine years. Nine years is a long time. By the next decade. Because just the beginning of this decade, if you told me in 2010, like some of the the things that we have kind of now would be really full throttle, uh, really just really video chat being that prevalent. Um, I remember back in like the early 2010s using stuff like Uvo, like really crappy services to try and video chat. Man, now it is spot on. You got a good connection. You're walking around. I watch people shop all the time. I mean, they're literally just talking with the person and showing them exactly what it is they're picking out and and things like that. So uh, times have definitely progressed. Time is moving forward. And tonight is an epic marquee milestone for a decade change and for the reality that the future is here and the future is upon us. So. That's a very good thing. I've been talking about that on a lot of other pods that, you know, I got psyched for this decade. Now, I ended up choosing to bring this decade in about doing a cast. Um, yeah, because I, I really don't go out much anymore. I used to hit those streets hard. Like, I used to be constantly going out every weekend what's the move i don't even ask what the move is anymore texting around trying to figure out who's doing what caring about who's doing what this is how i knew i grew up this year when i just really sat and thought about i don't give a damn (laughs) what anyone's doing tonight i could care less what anyone really has going on because I'm just at that point. Like, I put my son to bed. He clocked out about mm, maybe 10, 50, 11-ish. And the rest of the time's just been me. I've been setting up the zone, getting the cast ready uh, to go ahead and not stream, but go ahead and record for you guys. And that's been my whole really thought process. I thought about it earlier coming home, and I just realized that if I had a way to bring in this year, I definitely wanted to bring it in with this cast because... I do want this cast to take off, so hopefully this will bring it good vibes, and this will definitely be the right timing, and I'll always remember where I was at when 2020 came around. I was doing something that I love to do. So, that is a nice little take on what's going on in my life. If you do ever want to share kind of what's going on in you guys' lives, especially if it's 
uber interesting or you really even want to propose topics best way like i said you can reach me at dell's kitchen that's double underscore between dell and kitchen and that's going to be on the instagram platform and then you can also find me on twitter all eyes on me 228 and like i said that's my twitter handle so two ways to kind of get your topics discussed on this show uh i want to start though this will be a dominant sports talk. Ah, no. You know what? The year has gone. I'm going to hold sports off. Now, this is the time to talk sports, though, because sports has so many interesting topics. So much has been going on throughout sports because Black Monday has just passed. Today is Tuesday. So we had a lot of hirings, a lot of firings with a bunch of different coaches and a bunch of different staff members uh, for a lot of different teams. So that has been what's going on. Well, what's been going on, I should say, in the sports world, primarily the NFL. But the NBA has its highlights and moments. They just had their Christmas Day game that passed. Los Angeles Lakers versus the L.A. Clippers. Battle for L.A. Uh, got baseball signings that are going on. All the major sports. Hockey's right in the thick of things. They're getting in right in the middle of the juice of their season. Caps are on fire. Caps are on a whole nother level, playing lights out. So uh, it's a lot to talk about in the sports realm, and we will dive into that. I promise, promise, promise that we will get to those topics. Uh, but want to start, I guess, with more like the urban news and just kind of things that I've been seeing, and I know all of you have seen because they're blowing the internet up and they're trending. There was a video of this guy on the New York City subway where he I'll get to the point of it and then you'll know the video I'm talking about it's the video where the guy tries to kidnap the young lady while she's I don't know if she's sleep on the train or she's with another guy that sleep on the train my assessment of the video first off and if you want to catch the video it's I found it through the world star hip-hop platform but you can also find it it's all over Instagram uh if you just type in man tries kidnap woman uh New York City train It'll surely pop up through Google. Um, so you'll be able to find it through the World Star Hip Hop. Uh, or you'll also be able to find it through Google. And also what I'll do is post it to my Twitter page. So if you do want to go to the All Eyes on Me 228, the Twitter handle, and find it there, you can definitely do that. But a girl sleeping on the train. And there's this guy. So he leans in. He's, I guess he's testing the water. It shows to me how crazy doesn't have a face or a look. Uh, public transpo is shaky at best. <laughs> Not the reliability or anything. I used to work for a transit agency. Um, I think reliability of public transit systems are vastly overrated. They get, uh, I mean, undependability is the overrated part. Generally... I can't speak for your area or maybe you have a particular driver or particular service that's just constantly disrupted. But generally, from what I notice, majority of trips run on time. I'd give it in the 80 percentile of the trips per day run on time. But people have these highlighted moments when the bus is late, bus don't come, train's late, train doesn't show, uh, train has to be off board and things like that that they perpetuate and that they really blow up in their minds 
And then that is what, to me, gives a lot of transit agencies a bad vibe or local regions within a transit agency a bad vibe. Um, So, but they're on the subway, and I started with that vibe to say, I mean, come on. When you're on public transportation, especially at night, you run the risk of running into, let's say, eh, maybe not all the time, the caliber of citizen that you may be at like if you're a if you're a honest hard-working value-having citizen you may come across someone who's polar opposite of you while riding public transportation let's just put it that way so what's going on looks just like the gentleman who's accused of trying to kidnap the woman and who blatantly does try to kidnap this woman uh, is getting a feel of the situation. But you don't. First time watching the video, I've already spoiled it for you if you haven't seen it. But you really wouldn't know what's about to happen. Uh, it, it is that abrupt. So he kind of leans in, touches, starts a small talk. You don't think much of it if you don't know what's coming. And when you rewatch it, you then go through the psychological warfare that was going on in that guy's mind of him timing out what his next actions that he had already obviously made uh, clear to himself in his mind that he was going to follow through on is that you see the uh, he's this guy's a sleazeball guys want worst people in society but you see the way he's thinking about it that he's anticipating okay train slowing down okay this is my moment this is the person i don't know if he stalked her or whatever coming on the girl is with another gentleman and possibly even another gentleman this part is the disturbing part to me because the person who's recording it these there are two options here one option is this this video is totally bogus in stage. That's one option. I don't necessarily believe that to be the case. Second option, though, is that he was having behavior that was definitely worthy of whomever was recording to be recording him at that time. I always think of that when I'm looking at videos. Why was the camera rolling on said person and before said event happened. That's the way I look at all, all, all viral videos. That is the first question in my mind. Is it logical? Is it feasible that the person recording saw things prior that made them want to turn the camera on because they knew this thing would overboil or could possibly overboil and erupt? Uh, so that part. That's something I always question. I don't think it's the first that the thing was staged. I don't. I do think it's the second, especially with the level of attention that the story has gotten. And then the uh, repercussions that the man has allegedly received. I've seen that video as well uh, from trying to do uh, this heinous act upon this lady, this young lady. But anyway, so I do think it's real, but the camera was rolling prior. So I said that to say that. I'm pretty sure his behavior was possibly that of a stalker or things that he had said led the gentleman who was actually recording what went down 
to want to record and to have that um, feeling in his stomach that, hey, something's up and something is probably going to happen. So, like I said, he's sitting down. He's across from the young lady. She's with another gentleman. Could be a third gentleman. You really don't see the guys like that. And you don't see the people's faces. Uh, There's no clear shot of the young lady's face or even who she was with. Um, And that's due to the cameraman trying to remain candid. Uh, But what happens is the guy leans in, especially as the train's slowing down. And he just really gets ready to make his move. Doors open. He grabs the woman. I'm assuming the guy that she was with was sleeping on the train. That's very common. There's nothing wrong with that. All classes of people do that as well. That's not a class thing on that one. Uh, I slept on the train. I know business people who sleep on the train, and, and there are, are poor or homeless people who sleep on the train. So there's there, that just has no range. But they're seeming to be relaxing on the train. The other guy is possibly sleeping or or on his way to sleep, whatever the case may be. But whomever the young lady's with, uh, does not is not fully aware of what necessarily transpires, especially in a prevent in a way that he could have prevented it. Uh, so. The whoever she's with is totally reactionary once he's called upon. But long story short, train starts slowing down. You do see his face go through some type of, if you look closely, when you rewatch the video, face goes through this kind of change where he kind of knows this is his magic moment. And he seizes it uh, for what he thinks he may or may not be successful for. As the doors open, he times it wrong. I mean, I think who doesn't do this? Like, I watch murder mysteries and things like you watch things and you realize where people f up and then you realize where it is they effed up and how they should have went about whatever heinous acts they were, were in commission of so he definitely times it wrong as soon as the doors open he's way too anxious he literally picks the girl up out the seat picks the girl up out of the seat and carries her off the train very swiftly too so she's up and they're out he sits her right down on one of the benches on the uh, platform or the uh, mezzanine where they get off of the train. And he sits her there. She has the wherewithal, of course, to start yelling. She draws a little attention to the scene. She's able to get up and get between the train doors so that the train doors can't close and the train will pull off. And then she's alerting her friend, whomever, whoever she was with, that uh, some gentleman literally picked her up and tried to take her. So very disturbing um, especially if you have daughters, especially if you, even if you don't have daughters, we like, we all come from a mother. Like we all, I would assume could relate to some woman we love in this world. And just to imagine her defenselessly picked up and carried and possibly taken and heinous things possibly happening to her. Cause there was nothing good coming from that, uh, that that guy had intended you make a bold move like that. You make a bold move to pick a human being up, take them off of a train, and then God knows what your next plan was. But I'm telling you, it wouldn't have been good. Uh, I, I just think we can all relate to that. That guy is scum. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not a place on this planet or a society that would warrant any individual like that. So... Uh, I'll touch on, there's a second video though that comes, and with that second video, it is really showing uh, some members in the Bronx community, they find the said gentleman who tried to kidnap the girl, and long, for a long story short, and they beat the brakes off. 
So, a bunch of guys, they spit on him. They slap him. He's visibly wounded when the video comes on. And they they pretty much just, just beat the crap out of the guy. And he deserved it. It was not one of those videos where I felt like, oh, man. Like, stop, stop, you know, stop. No, that guy deserved to be fucked up. And he did. So, those are two of those videos. I'll spin off of those, though, because there's a lot more to get into. Uh, but first, I want to also get into why you have not gotten a cold cup. It is almost 2020. If you have a New Year's resolution, this is what I also recommend that you add to that list. You add getting a cold cup for you, your child, or any member of your family. Hey, you know how you've always maybe felt bad for your little brother that wakes up and delivers papers in the morning? Yes, get up before the crack of dawn, get prepped, and get going. You know what he might need in his life? A caffeinated beverage that comes hot that will deliver not only the kick and boost energy he needs, but also that heat to wake his body up. But you know how he can't get that? He can't intake it because he's a busy, 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 busy guy. So what do you do? You buy him a cold cup. Now when he wants to wake up, he makes his instant coffee while he's prepping his papers. And you know all he has to do is pour his coffee into a cup that at the bottom has a wee tiny bit generator. He doesn't even know it's there. The only reason he knows it's there, he read the manual. But he pours it into that cup. And you know what happens? He is ready to drink his coffee and go. He does not have to wait around. He does not have to add ice to water his coffee down. He doesn't have to do anything but pull his cup out the fridge. Or, since it was already chilling through the generator, pour his beverage in. And he can enjoy throughout his morning grind a delicious cup of whatever warm caffeinated beverage he loves. And you know where he got it? Walmart. But you know where else he could have found it? Target. And you know where everybody's loving to get them? Amazon. So choose the cold cup. I promise you, if you don't deliver papers, but you still wake up early, it'll work for you too. So, we dove into first the viral video of the young lady in the Bronx who was attempted, who was who had been almost kidnapped and God knows what might have happened to her on the New York City subway by this crazed obviously mentally deranged obvious from the other videos that have surfaced from the guy drug addict that needs fuck help at that point honestly like it's not even that he needs help like he needs to go away now he's those are the people that aren't fit for society. Those are the people where it's no time out. Prison was created for the positive reasons. And that's for fuckers like you. That those are the people. There's no mistake in that. There's no learning from that. It's legitimately just, you don't belong in society. And that, and that's where I, I, I put that gentleman there along with various others throughout history, but he definitely belongs in the fuck a second chance category. And I don't know if rehabilitation, I wouldn't trust rehabilitation with someone who pulled a move like that. I wouldn't. Because it was so bold and so brazen. 
I, I just wouldn't. I just, there's no way I would. There's no way. So, we dove into that. Um, I want to now touch on some of these sports topics that are buzzing. They are absolutely buzzing. It is so much going on in the sports world. It More than you, I love to say, more than you can shake a stick at that's going on. Coaches are being fired left and right. GM Tom, Tom Dorsey today, John Dorsey today, excuse me, just was relieved of his duties for the Cleveland Browns. If you're not aware who John Dorsey is, he was the general manager for two years with the Cleveland Browns in charge of the rebuild process that was taking place with that organization and then also responsible for drafting Baker Mayfield. He's out. Good luck. Let's start there. Good luck finding a coach that wants to come in there and really deal with all those personalities. Beckham is on the fence about whether he's staying or going. And it's a mess in Cleveland. It's a mess. It's a sexy job. But Lord, is it a mess. How could you move your family to Cleveland? They hacked coaches after one year. They fired also the head coach, Freddie Kitchens, after a 6-10 and start in his first season coaching the team and his first ever season as a head coach in the NFL. Fire Freddie Kitchens. Let him go. Poof. Thank you for your work, but we don't need you. Eh, I'm not totally against. See, and this is where I stand on the Freddie Kitchens hire. Firing him was the right move. But let's not call the right move the organization making it. You don't have to fire Freddie in year one if you don't hire Freddie originally. If you don't step out there and pretty much take a chance on a guy who paperwork and pretty much kind of look can't just go strolly off looks but pretty much gave you the vibe he's probably not gonna be ready for this job you can't do that they deserve some of that humble pie that had to be a freddie don't need to walk out of there with his head all the way down it still stems that this franchise is dysfunctional no one can work in this franchise even when they look like They're on the turnaround. Man, you snap your fingers, you look up, and the Cleveland Browns are bad again. And they're dysfunctional again. And they have no coach again. So, not all on Freddie with that. But it's an appealing job. It's an appealing job. And it's, it's just not an appealing place to work. So example of that, let's say, hmm. all right, I've used this example before, say being a fireman, right? People always get the fireman, I think they work like what, four days a week or something like that, they work like four 12-hour days, and it's not the worst job, right? I mean, you're away from home, but then you have extended time at home. And it kind of looks fun. And, you know, it's it's one of those jobs that you're giving back. It's a great job, right? But at the same time, the rigmarole, alarms at 3 in the morning, literally living in a firehouse, 
literally having to put your life on the line for people that would never do the same thing for you. That part kind of sucks. That part's not ideal. And that's what the Cleveland Browns are. They're like okay in spots when you look at it. Oh, man, great running back core. Very excited about these young backs. Great great team on the defensive side of the ball. Love the talent on the defensive side of the ball. Really has been hitting in the draft. Baker Mayfield, not a terrible quarterback. Seeing he could win games in this league. Seeing he could play at a high level. Just trying to get that more consistent. A lot of things you could look at and love. Then you look at the track record. Then you look at what has been going on, transpiring with this team for 20 plus years. Instability, inability from the top to commit to a plan and stick with it. There's no way I move my family to Cleveland. First of all, it's Cleveland. Everyone rags on Cleveland. Everyone leaves Cleveland. But second of all, It's too unstable. If someone offered me a a six-figure job, a high six-figure job, but they let me firmly know that before I had a trial and error period, if I just wasn't hitting the ground running and producing and a job I never held before, I could be gone just like that. That would worry me. Now, like Freddie Kitchens, I'd probably take the gig and bet on myself. But let's not get it twisted. No way I could be overly confident about that. I want to stop real quick. I want to wish everyone a happy new year. A happy new decade. It's 2020. It's 12.04 a.m. January 1st, 2020. I want everyone to be safe out there. I want everyone to have a luscious year and actually a luscious rest of your life. I want everyone to get the things they want. For those who do resolutions, I hope you follow through with those and those can manifest into the things you want to come into your life. So... Happy New Year's, everyone. Thank you for listening once again. But to dive back into Freddie Kitchens and and that Brown situation, he did what we all would probably do. We chased our, he chased his dream job, but it wasn't with the dream organization. That was the problem. That part made it Put it this way. I don't know if a tenured, tenured head coach could deal with the Cleveland Browns, with the personality of Beckham, with the Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph with his helmet, with the Jarvis Landry, John Backett Kitchens on the sideline, Baker Mayfield. Constantly bickering with the media, with his antics on and off the field. I don't know. I don't know who could deal with that. But definitely not a first-year guy. 
That's not a first year's guy's kind of job. Too many personalities. Too big of a room for him to grasp. And the players saw that at the end. And you could see that spilling over on sidelines. Beckham's drawing back at him anytime he can. Landry's not scared, barking at him anytime he could. Who knows what Mayfield saw of him. He lost the team in his first year. And I don't blame him because he doesn't. He's never been in that situation before. And then to be in that situation where an organization does not also have your back and put into place the support system for you to succeed, I don't blame the guy. I don't blame him for bombing out, fizzing out. Listen, the point of this argument is that Freddie is not the sole holder of the blame of the 6-10 and 10 record. He was the scapegoat. That is still owned by the organization. Freddie didn't know what he was doing. Well, you shouldn't have hired Freddie. Simple as that. Simple as that. Nothing harder. Nothing harder about that. Freddie doesn't know what he's doing. We shouldn't hire Freddie. Okay. If I'm a chef and I own a restaurant and guys, I'm hiring guys that have never been chefs or cooks or or worked in restaurants. That's on me if they suck. That's not on them. They came thinking they could learn while making a living. But that's not on them. That's on me. I need to find qualified individuals who can work. And oh, by the way, this restaurant's hanging on by a thread. This restaurant has health warnings. This restaurant is constantly in the news. This restaurant is constantly... Getting new store man, new restaurant managers constantly, flipping them in and flipping them out. And if I hire a guy to be the restaurant manager and I'm the CEO and he's never managed a restaurant and I don't have a strong, stable, set platform for him to land in, that's on me. If he doesn't do well, that's on me. That's not on him. It's not. So, I'm not in the business of blaming Freddie. If this was a pie graph, I love pie graphs, by the way. If this was a pie graph, 40% of the blame is on the organization and the owner. Just for being a bad organization. Just for Just for being a restaurant that doesn't care about its people. Just for being a restaurant that has loyal fans that can never give them the meals they deserve. Just for being a restaurant that is run poorly and refuses to change its ways. 40% of that goes on them. Another 40, you know where that goes? That 40 goes to the John Dorsey GM who hired Freddie Kitchen. John Dorsey wanted a guy who would have no pushback who he wouldn't have to worry about, who'd be right under his thumb. Who better than that than a first-year head coach who'd feel like forever indebted to you for giving him his first opportunity to coach in the NFL as a leader of the entire operation. Don't blame Freddie Kitchen. Freddie only gets... 20% 20% of this blame here. He only gets 20% of the pie. 
I could devy it up a little more. 10 and 10, I could find some other, I could find the players 10 more percent than we will. The players are 10 more percent. Why Freddie's not there? Why this whole thing didn't work? Players quit on him. Players know he's learning on the job. I know it. I don't, I don't even follow the Cleveland Browns. I'm a casual watcher of what's going on in that building. But I know this. I know the players could have helped. They say I'm sure could have played better. And another thing they could have did, they could have not disrespected their coach on the sideline. Whether they lost. Listen. It's no excuse whether the guy's good or bad at his job for those guys to be unprofessional. And it's unprofessional to scream at your boss in public. If y'all have shouting matches behind closed doors and that's how you guys convey your points and that's how you get your ideas across to one another and if that's what works for you guys, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But to do it in a public forum where people are going to view your boss as not having things in order, which is uncalled for. Because the reality is, things could definitely not be in order. It's no one's business if it's not in order, though. Like, that's our business in-house. Again, to the restaurant example, if, if things are not in order in the kitchen, why in the hell is the restaurant manager and one of the employees arguing on the, on the floor of the restaurant where the customers can see. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you two be adults and say, hey, I need to talk to you? Now, I get emotions and football is different than running a restaurant. Fine. But the reality is, if you're letting your emotions spill over, if you're letting your emotions affect your personal conduct and your professional conduct, that's a problem. There's no excuse for that. Oh, I got emotional, so. Who doesn't get emotional? There are emotional people. There's no excuse for yelling at your boss in public and, and, and belittling them. None. I don't care how emotional you are. I don't care. There's none. There's a time and a place for everything. Time and a place for everything. Those are crutches. People are using crutches to, to display that, and that's just not it. And then the last 10% is going to go to Freddie. But Freddie doesn't get that whole pie. Freddie's getting the worst of this deal. Now, if I accepted being a restaurant manager and I just totally wasn't ready, that's a little bit ass on me. A little bit ass was like, yeah, I was being really facetious. I was chasing something that really wasn't made for me. It really wasn't my cup of tea. And for that, I've hindered this franchise another year. And for that, I've driven this restaurant further into the ground for another year. That's not to be overlooked. But that's not a big thing. And that's not why this didn't work. Didn't work because you hired the wrong guy. But you don't get to be mad at the wrong guy for being the wrong guy. You don't. You don't get to do that. That's not how the world works. You own you. You own your mistakes. You own your decisions. You don't just blame others. You don't just point fingers. I mean, if you're if you're a real adult, you don't. If you're another sub-level of human that, that just likes to never be wrong about things, then yeah, blame everybody. I can see that then. But if you're anything like an adult, I mean, that's, that's, that's just not how you conduct yourself. 
So I want to say that, but um, I wanted to dive into a lot of these Redskins topics. Redskins has just picked their new coach today, and Redskins have hired head coach Ron Rivera, and I think it's a good hire. I really do. I think it's a great hire. I don't know how well it's going to work because I thought Mike Shanahan was a great hire. I thought Jake Gruden was a decent hire. Jake Jake Gruden was not a terrible coach. Jake Gruden, I thought, got the most out of his team at times. I didn't think Jay was a terrible coach. I think, especially in an organization that does a lot of meddling and that really is not too far off from the Cleveland Browns, who I just finished talking about. I think Jay did okay. I I didn't think Jay did a terrible job, but the hiring of Ron Rivera today is the start of a new era. So head coach Bill Callahan is out. I'm assuming most of that staff will be out. Eric Menifee, uh, And definitely the people who are up top, not Doug Williams per se, will be out. But there will definitely be a lot of moving pieces and a lot of uh, things that are going to go uh, just in a different direction. But with that said, I am happy today. Ron gives me hope because he'll have pretty much the Mike Shanahan amount of power. He's going to be able to pick his players, which is important. And what Jay Gruden was not allowed to do for the most part. He inherited Robert Griffin III. He was forced into going with Kirk Cousins. And at the end, he was forced to draft with the first overall pick, quarterback he didn't want. So, Jay, with his hands tied, I mean, kept us out of the doghouse with, what, one or two losing seasons? So, Jay did an exceptional job for the hand he was dealt. So, hopefully, Ron, with a little more power, a little more savvy, can do a better job. I just don't have the faith this organization can stay out of the way. I really don't. I have no reason to believe that this won't end ugly in two to three years. I have no reason to believe it was the same with Shanahan. Football lifer guy comes in, great resume, been to Super Bowls, yada, 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 and experienced some success coming to Washington only to have the air deflated out of the balloon. I got no reason to believe this is going to work. I've seen it work for a year. I've seen lightning caught in a bottle. I have no reason to believe Ron Rivera is going to change the entire culture and turn us into a winning franchise. I have no reason to believe that. None. 
He doesn't even have a quarterback. He's the worst. He's the worst quarterback in his division. Worst quarterback in his division. One of the worst quarterbacks in his conference. And it starts there. He doesn't have a strong. Doesn't have a GM. Ron doesn't even have a boss yet. Doesn't have a boss yet. And that's. These are things that good teams already have set aside. Well, who will I be working with? Oh, this quarterback talent. Great. Oh, well, you know, who's going to be, you know, overseeing the player picks and and, and and the contracts and things of that nature? Oh, well, this GM in place. Nobody's in place for that. That's a problem. Things are being ran backwards. So I want to remain optimistic about Rivera especially with the news that Bruce Allen is no longer at the helm of things at Redskin Park the way Bruce handled things I thought things went too public a lot of time way too public a lot of time and that was my gripe with how just childish the Trent Williams things Leaking the information they did on Trent and leaking that he might be after money. Scott McLuhan, that he had fell off the wagon and he was drinking again. And that was the reason why they were letting him go. Robert Griffin III and all the media leaks with that. Kirk Cousins and the contract numbers getting leaked. All the leaks and the Shanahan's and now they went out the door. All the leaks. I hate it. Because it shows our immaturity as a true organization and as a franchise. Truly shows our immaturity. And with Bruce at the helm to let Kyle Shanahan, Zach Taylor, Sean McVay, all leave the organization and go into head coaching positions. None of those guys be promoted. All under the watch of the Washington Redskins. Pad their resumes. That says a lot, man. It says a lot about what's really going on in Washington. And that the problem is at the top. Think about this. If I had a young Bill Gates on my staff. Then I get a young Elon Musk. And then I get a young... Uh, for the sake of this argument, drawing a blank, uh, young Barack Obama. I don't want to so upset everyone. Uh, young Obama. Let's say I get these three guys come through my my camp, and they all leave, and they all become great, and then I'm still bad. What's that tell you? Like that tells me there's a disconnect between who's dealing with these people and who's hiring these people and who's developing these people. That who's ever at the very tip top is not seeing the potential and who's coming in and out the door. But whoever's bringing in who's in and out the door, they're seeing it. And whoever's at the top when it comes to retaining them, i.e. Bruce Allen, is not response, is not seeing the bigger picture. No way you let a coach like Sean McVay walk out of your door. 
just to fire Gruden a season later? No way. It doesn't work that way, man. Shouldn't work that way. So. I wish the best for Ron. I hope it works out. But I, I just don't see it with I just don't see it. With Snyder still running things. With Haskins as the quarterback. I just don't see it. Has Haskins improved? Yes. Leaps and bounds? Eh, not really to me. Leaps and bounds to me would be him elevating quarterback play on that team. Quarterback play has not been elevated. Quarterback play looked pretty much the same when you had Case Keenum in there. Pretty much the same. I'd argue a little better. It's arguable that Case Keenum is still playing better than Dwayne Haskins. And that's a problem if you spent the 15th pick on him. The kid's probably realistically two years away. And that that's just not a job that I'm overly confident is going to ooze success for Rivera and for us as fans. It's a bad organization. It's another bad restaurant to work for. But this time you got Gordon Ramsay working for a good restaurant. I mean a bad restaurant. So, you would think he could come in and bring what he's learned and do a better job, but I don't know. I don't know if you can always overcome a bad owner. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm, this is just the theme. Today's restaurants. <laughs> if you have a restaurant that automatically charges gratuity, doesn't give the, the customer any option of their paying a tip or not, no matter how big or small the bill. Some managers wouldn't like that because I'm sure a lot of customers wouldn't really like that. That's the Redskins. They're imposing things that are fundamentally against being productive. A meddling owner, an owner meddling in medical statuses, That's not something you can overcome. Because eventually your power runs out. You can't tell Dan to go back up in his booth and let the football people be football people. Dan thinks he's one of the football people. Dan thinks he's Jerry effing Jones. So, if we got the same Dan Snyder, it's going to be the same old story. It's going to be the same old story. And that's the harsh reality. That things aren't necessarily going to get any better. Now, I don't think things will get worse. Can't get worse. Things cannot get any worse. We've had the worst season ever. To me. That I've ever seen. Statistically matched. Or tied. The worst season we've ever had. So... I, don't, I just don't see it. Another couple of organizations. Shocker to me here. That 
the Jacksonville Jaguars kept Doug Marone. Kept Doug Marone. Kept Doug Marone. All reports were that Black Monday, Doug would be out the door. Some reports after losses and they went on a losing streak towards the end of the season was that Doug was going to be out during the season, but definitely out the door. And they retained him. Never know what's going to happen on Black Monday. New York Giants fire their head coach, Pat Shermer. They'll be in the running looking for coaches. Dallas Cowboys have not yet made a decision on what they're going to do with Jason Garrett. And I know for certain that bothers a lot of people. I know for certain that bothers a lot of people. I know for certain. It would bother me if I was a Cowboy fan. Because those those guys were 8-8. Eight eight. Now, they bludgeoned us as a Redskins fan in Week 17. Blew us out by two, three scores. Uh, but I'd be shaking in my boots if the possibility of Jason Garrett returning, well, the fact that the possibility of Jason Garrett returning is looming. Jerry's got love for that guy. Listen, to defend Jason, people, well, why would he bring him back? What's the point of bringing him back? Jason's the kind of guy that it's hard to find, especially when you're a guy like Jerry. Jason can be your biggest support system. And by being your biggest support system, he can either talk you up or he can be your punching bag. But Jason can be the reason the Cowboys suck. See, the Cowboys didn't suck because of Jerry Jones this year. You know why the Cowboys suck? Because of Jason Garrett. But is that the true narrative? Same with Freddie Kitchens. Is it the restaurant manager's job? Or is it the owner's job? To produce a, a winning team. Now, in the Cowboys situation, the owner obviously feels like he's put the team in place and given them the tools that they've needed, but the management, and they weren't managed correctly. I don't necessarily disagree with that. This team was managed poorly for the talent that they have on that team to finish 8-8 eight and eight in a division. Nine games would have stole the division. They went on two three-game losing streaks. After starting 3-0, all they had to do was win one game they lost. All they had to do was take care of the Jets. You know what I mean? Like, all they had to do was take care of the Eagles. But I digress. One, thank you guys for listening. Time is ticking down. We are coming towards the end of our podcast. Got about five minutes left. I just want to wish everyone the most productive year that they can have. And I also want you guys to stay true to yourselves. I've had moments in life where I've wanted to lose me or lose who I am. 
And that's not how to go in life. No matter what people say about you, no matter what people think about you, your thoughts and your feelings towards you, it's the only thing that matters. Don't let people take you out of your groove. People want you out of your groove. You don't want to be out of your groove. Love your groove. Love you. Don't let anyone tell you that what you wear isn't cool enough. The way you talk isn't cool enough. You know how hard it was to start listening to myself? And you know what I started doing over time? I started loving my voice. I started loving my voice. And you know what now? I don't care who likes this podcast. I care less. I care less if anyone likes it. But you know what's not going to happen? I'm not going to stop making it. Because I love it. I love it. This is my baby. And I'm going to follow through with it. And I'm going to make these casts until I'm 70 years old, blue in the face. Because this is my groove now. The clothes I wear. I wear a lot of all black. People ask me why I don't wear any color. I don't, I don't like color. And I'm not going to start wearing color. Because I love wearing all black. So I say that to say, love yourself, not just because it's a new year. Just love yourself because loving yourself is how you'll find the best life for you. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. There's no downside to loving you. And if you don't do it, no one else has to. That's the other thing. So I want to leave you guys with that. Thank you for spending this hour with me. It has been amazing. I got a bunch of other topics, plenty more sports topics to get into. Probably going to do a show tomorrow. Also still have the interviews coming up. I got people booked for those. We just got to get the dates uh, and the sit down times arranged. Those are going to be very, very interesting. I promise they're going to be very, very entertaining. Um, The rapport I have with some of these people. And to me, that makes a great interview. It's the chemistry. Uh, I got really good rapport with two members of the interviews I have lined up. Still got to get Seattle Sunny on here. May go ahead and get Tremaine Hardy back on here as well. We can finish up our interview with him. But I do want to wish everyone a happy new year. Thank you for listening. It is now 2020. Go out there and live your lives. Again, we talk, you listen. Thank you for listening. Get your cold cups today. Everyone have a great day or night. Thanks.